Hi everyone, I'm Paola Diana and this is Unleash the Game Changers. Today we will talk again about gender identity ideology and our guest is a great philosopher and author. Welcome to Dr. Jane Claire Jones. Hello. Thank Thanks. you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I know you are super busy because you are an activist. You are very active online, especially on Twitter. Spend quite a lot of time on Twitter shouting at people, yes. Yeah, but you're doing a great job. <laughs> Try to, I try to shout in a helpful manner. I'm really happy to have you here today, Jane, because I, I, I heard you, you know, at the LGB Alliance conference. Ah, right, yes. And I loved your speech because you were talking about the origins of this ideology. Yes. And it's very interesting because I don't think people out there know anything about this. Can you please try to explain to us where it comes from? Yes, I can try and explain. Um, it comes from it comes from a combination of two things really it it comes from um, legal activism um, and also academic theory um, most people think that um, gender identity ideology is just an academic theory I think that's wrong I think it's actually an activist ideology that was produced by transgender activists back when started in the early 90s in America. In America, um, and very quickly in the UK as well. So some of the ideas are not completely new ideas. They're ideas that were expressed by uh, transsexual people or doctors who were working with transsexual people. And some of the concepts like gender identity come from the work of sexologists in the, in the 50s and 60s, people like uh, Robert Stoller and John Money who were working with intersex people and transsexuals um, in America in the 50s and 60s, and also Harry Benjamin. Um, they were doing medical experiments? experiments. Yes, they were doing uh, medical interventions with, uh, well, John Money was, was principally working with, with intersex children, um, and that was, some of those interventions are very problematic because he thought you could assign gender identity and sometimes he did terrible things he did some terrible things yeah he did, he did some terrible things um and there's a case the rhymer case where uh, a young male child's genitals were um, destroyed by accident during a circumcision procedure and so they he they he convinced the parents to remove the penis and then raise the child as a girl um, like sex doesn't exist. Right. And, and actually, uh, gender identity ideology people will say that that's evidence of his gender identity. But I'm like, it might just be evidence that he realized he was male. Exactly. <laughs> right. Because he had a male body, even though he didn't have a penis. Because right? when he grew up, this person, then he decided, he knew what happened. He and found out what happened and eventually he committed suicide. That's terrible. Um, so no, you can't just reassign people sex. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that that's necessarily evidence of some like internal gender identity other than just being aware that actually you're being told you're a girl and something's not quite right. But um, this ideology started uh, from men, correct? Men who liked to cross-dress? Mm, yes, to some degree. There are actually two groups. So, so it began in legal... The real impetus began in legal activism in the early 90s 
Firstly, in the United States, so there was an organization that I, I talked about uh, um, at the LGBA, called the, it was called the International Conference for Transgender Law and Employment Policy, um, which met in the Hilton Hotel in Houston, in Texas, because that's how all rights movements start. We're always like, yeah. we're going to meet in a Hilton Hotel for a week. And I'm just <laughs> of like, course. I'm, I'm like, hmm, okay. Um, I think that might be because you're actually rich white males, but never mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they met in the Hilton Hotel in Houston for five years, starting in 1992 to 1996. Um, and principally, these were lawyers, white male, late transitioning lawyers powerful i guess quite pa quite powerful males yeah quite powerful rich white males um and then there are also involved there are also lesbian there are lesbian women who are gender non-conforming and or identify as as trans men and they also play a role in aspects of the theorizing so there's an interesting kind of I would argue that the motifs, not all of those lesbian women identify as trans. So um, Anne Fausto Sterling, for example, mm -hmm. who is responsible for laying down a lot of the, arc, the sex is a spectrum argument. So the idea that intersex people show Gosh. that male and female are just two ends of a continuum. Also, how many intersex people there are? I'm so sorry. I mean, 0. Well, 0. 0.00018? Um, the number of intersex, it depends how you measure intersex, because yeah. intersex is just disorders of sexual development. So, for example, there's a thing called hyperplasia, which is where the opening of the urethra is not on the end of the penis. Yeah. That's counted as an intersex condition. There's congenital adrenal hyperplasia, which causes a slight virilization of the, of the genitals. Anyway, 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 there's a yeah. lot of intersex conditions. Yeah. Yeah. Most of them actually intersex is a kind of misnomer because it sounds like most people think that it's just a polite word for hermaphrodite yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? but it's not of course no because most intersex conditions you can still tell what sex of course are because yeah. there's just it's just a yeah. something has not gone quite right in the process of your sexual yeah. development so let's say they wanted to use this uh, uh small scientific you know they uh, yes but they also but, to, but they also they also whole... massively over over like so Anne Fausto Sterling I think it was like a three she said that 3.7 percent of people were intersex yeah so there's this figure where people are running around saying there's as many intersex people as there are people with red crazy hair crazy figures yeah. really no and then and then oh well you know and then they'll use a lot of things some people are infertile blah 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 so we can't really tell and there's not one they have this idea that in order to be able to distinguish male people from female people you have to you have to produce like one characteristic that all male people have, that no female people have, and that it has to separate perfectly. There's madness. We all know who is a woman and it's who like, is a man. It's, it's like saying, it's like going, well, dogs and cats have both got tails and ears, yeah. so yeah. like we can't tell the difference between it's dogs. Madness. And 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 also the the real madness is that the definitions are not why things are what they are. Yeah. Right, cats are not cats and dogs are not dogs because we have definitions of cats and yeah. dogs. It's mind like, blowing. Like cats and dogs are different because they are different species that evolved differently, yeah. and no amount of playing around with definitions is going to make a cat a dog. 
So they want to kind of confuse things, right, for everyone. They want to eradicate the, the, the basis of uh, biology. They, they want to confuse the idea that biological sex is an actual material reality. Why? Because then you can claim that the concepts of woman and man don't refer to this underlying biological reality. So it's a complete lie. Yes, I mean, there's, so there's two moves. There's one move, well, and there's many moves, but one of the moves is to say that the words women and men don't refer to sex. They refer to gender identity. Oh my goodness, man. Right? And this is now stated in academic literature. I was just with a, with a group of friends and we were reading something together. Mm -hmm. um, and it just says, like, just like this is just a fact, women and men are gender terms. Like they refer to gender identity. And it's like, no, we've had this word since, I mean, woman itself is from the Middle Ages. Yeah, I mean, we had previous ways of referring to the same concept, the same thing. But that word itself is 500 years old, right? The concept of gender did not exist until the 1950s, right? And so they'll produce arguments where they'll say, well, actually, when we're sexing people, right? So humans are remarkably good at telling what sex other humans are. Of course from quite a distance very quickly. And it's kind of one of those interesting things I think, I thought about this a lot more recently. Every now and again, you'll, you'll notice if you see somebody who's actually androgynous, you're, you, it's the way you kind of scan, you know the way you scan the environment and yeah. then sometimes you'll look. Because men, they're dangerous to women. Because men are dangerous to women. And I, I, in, the, in, in the course of this, I, it has become, and I would like to see some statistics on this, but it seems to, have become very obvious to me that women are far better at sexing humans than yes. because men seem to just be quite like I agree oh, with I'm you. not quite sure yeah. and women are just like what do you mean you're not quite sure but yeah. because when we are moving through yeah. the world it's a survival our thing. brain is constantly yeah. going male 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 yeah. male yeah. because we need to know if there's a man behind us if that man's crossing the road if we walk into a small dark space whether there's a man there so, so basically these men, going back to the origins, so they want so to confuse things because they want to take the space of women. They want, they want to confuse things because they want to be able to convince people that they can inhabit the category of women. Good, basically. so they want to invade all our safe, same-sex spaces. Right, and, and that was actually, so at the, at the ICTLEP, um, they produced this thing called the International Bill of Gendered Rights. So people, sometimes people kind of present it as if this is all kind of an accident. So the International Bill of Gendered Rights was drafted and was like presented and like read out at the ICTLEP. And the first thing on the International Bill of Gendered Rights is the right to, um, you know, gender identity self-definition and that everybody has a right to declare their own gender identity. But then you should have the right to declare your race, your age, well, your yes. disability. Yes. It's very dangerous yes. path, correct? Yes. Yes. Because then you're saying, because. And it's Why we have the right to it's very, declare it's very, a lie? It's, it's so American, right? There's something yeah. so American about it. It's very like American dream. I can be whatever I decide I want to be. No, yeah. you can't. 
Like there are limits. The it's world like the world presents material limits. Mm. You should be able to aspire to be certain kinds of things within. You know, I really wanted to be a prima ballerina, but yeah. I don't have. I have short legs, and I'm completely the wrong shape. Yeah. And that wasn't going to work, right? But so for the same principle, you know. I and mean, I remember I, I, I had a tantrum. I remember being like six years old and being like, I want to be a prima ballerina, of and like dancing up and down in front of my mom, and she was like. I'm sorry, love, but you're just not very good. <laughs> and I remember beating my fists and screaming and being like, and her being like, like, you know, I'm a, it's yeah. actually important that I that you come to accept reality. But this time, not only they they are delusional by themselves, but they pretend that everyone is actually saying that they are what they pretend to be. Correct. Well, they need. So they want to, to impose their view on. Right. The population. They want they want to impose and and this is this is the thing, right? To some extent, what I've always said, because I I'm very anti I mean I'm a radical feminist, but I'm also extremely anti authoritarian. And the, one of the, those two things are actually not contradictory to me because yeah. one of the reasons I'm a radical feminist is because I'm against domination because sure. it harms people, right? Yeah. And so I'm against patriarchal domination because it harms women, but I'm against all forms of domination. So I'm I'm you know so I actually believe very strongly you don't have the right to impose your own views and your own beliefs on other people and force them to do things which are deeply against their yeah. own convictions, right? That... Um, because they're trying... Sorry to interrupt you, but they're trying to change our language. They're trying to impose a new language. They're trying to change our language because they're trying to control our, our perceptions or at least how we can express what we perceive and the reason that they're trying to do that is because identity is not actually something that you own identity is a social phenomenon yeah right identity has to be recognized so you can be what you are right but if you if it's not recognized by other people then it doesn't exist in any exactly. substantial sense, right? So can you so, give some examples of how they're erasing the language for women? Well, I mean, there's several ways. One of the most obvious ways is that the places where the word woman would have traditionally been used in relationship to um, women's health or, uh, you know, women's groups that are being organized around something to do with women's biology, those are being replaced with phrases like people with cervixes or uterus havers. Uh, bodies with a vagina. Bodies with vaginas, Gosh. menstruators, like these like ble bleeders. Bleeders yeah. is a good one. Oh, we yeah. like that, bleeders. <laughs> Disgusting. And, and, and the claim is that this is to allow trans men to be part of the category, right? Because trans, but actually it's not happening in reverse. Yeah, of course. So, so, so the words for men are not being removed. And the reason why is because actually the pressure to change the language around women is not coming from trans men, it's coming from trans women. It's a very interesting point. Because, trans because what, what they're trying to do is they're trying to remove any language that's, that connects the concept of woman to the concept of female.
Yeah. Right. So let's uh, also tell the public uh, <coughs> who is a trans woman and who is a trans man because I'm not that, sure. It, no, no, no. Knows. It gets it gets confusing. And I was, yeah. I was I was talking to a friend of mine about this the other day, and he was saying the same thing. He said he was talking to a friend of his. It's very confusing. And yeah. they get confused. Right. So a trans woman is a male person who identifies as a woman. Perfect. And a trans man is a female person who identifies as a man. Perfect. Some people on our side use the phrase trans-identified male for a trans woman and trans-identified female for a trans man because there are issues around the, of, like, the obfuscation of the language and, like you say, a lot of people are confused. So yeah, they're confusing everything, honestly. It's and, 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 you know, I'm, it's a, terrible. I'm you know, there's the whole be kind thing, and I understand that. But they're not that. kind with women. That's but, the but, point. But, but I this find is, very this offensive, is, this is, this is, the it's language not, it's they're not, using. It's not, it's not kind, right? Yeah. So at the moment, my feeling is you're not being respectful. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I just interviewed a woman for the magazine, actually, and she said that's how she got involved in it. She was like, I don't like cis. Oh, my God. She was like, I don't like this word cis. Yeah, right? don't cis so, so, I so hate don't, that. don't call me cis. <laughs> and... She said that's how she got involved in the gender war because someone told her about cis Good. and she was like, I don't like cis. Yeah. And then she spoke to a trans woman and was like, look, if I call you a woman, right, yeah. I'm doing, because I'm being polite, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm, it's not, you're not a woman. Yeah. I will call you a woman because I'm a nice person and I want to be polite to you, okay? But therefore, you don't get to call me cis or cervix haver or yeah. whatever else. And the language and then, is so important. And also, like, there are so many problems with that with that language. Of course. Like it it divides women into these kind of disassembled piles of parts and functions and it destroys because actually that's what they're trying to do. It destroys the commonality of female people and then we can't talk about ourselves as a group because they don't, we're not allowed to talk about ourselves as a group because if we talk about ourselves as a group, then it excludes yeah. males who want to be part of that group. Yeah. So the only way that they can be a part of that group is that if they actually destroy the group of female people. Yeah. And that's actually what this fight is about, is the, is the group of female people, women, can't yeah, be allowed... Yeah, let's call to, them women, okay? Women, <laughs> we don't have to women, say all the time female. Women, women. women. can't exist... Yeah. Exactly. As an actual material yeah. class of people, we but can only exist yeah. as an idea. Yeah, but we need to be a political class because we are still so much to you know right. achieve. Right, we are, we are still discriminated <clears throat> on the basis of our sex. We're still discriminated against on the basis of our sex, and and until we are not, and and the thing is, even in an ideal world, even if we were not discriminated mm. against on the basis of our sex because of women's reproductive capacities, there is always going to have to be a level of social organization. Even if we live in a very, even yeah. if we lived in a society which organized the work of reproduction in a way that was very yeah. equitable for yeah. women, right? And in which women's reproductive labor was supported and we had proper maternity care and all the reproductive needs were met. You know, if we think of an ideal place yeah. like Sweden or somewhere yeah. where they have like very good coverage and like good good maternity cover and uh, good systems for making sure that women can come back into the workplace mm -hmm. and all of that kind of stuff right because 
I have a Swedish friend who's involved in this fight, and she always says to me, we just don't have enough Swedish people, right? So the Swedish state has got to make it um, you know, less discriminatory yes. for, for us to yeah. make more Swedish people. Yeah. So they treat women quite well with respect to that. Even in a situation like that, you still have to recognize that there's this one class of people that are doing this extra yeah. work in order to accommodate that work and deal with it. Yeah. Like the, the gender identity people seem to think that if we just stop naming women, all of, I'm, I'm like, who's gonna? It's such a naive uh, movement. They're all naive. They just leave in the, the clouds. No, it's like it's like it's, it's like unicorn poo and glitter. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like it's like we're it's, just gonna. It doesn't not, exist. We're just, we're just gonna. And and the only reason why patriarchy exists is because we named men and women. Oh, it's like it's like yeah. the only reason why lions eat gazelles is because we named lions <laughs> and gazelles. And if we just pretend that gazelles are lions, lions will stop eating them. It's and you're nonsense. like, the word actually exists outside your brain. Exactly. It's nonsense. <laughs> it's complete nonsense. Honestly, as a philosopher, I think you're going mad with this. No, I mean, they're, they're no, just I driving mean, you it's, mad. It's, they're driving me, firstly, they're driving me mad because it's like... There's no logic. There's no, no it's logic like, at all. It's like arguing with a bunch of stoned 17-year-olds yeah. who have just like watched The Matrix. Yeah. And being like, oh man, maybe like the whole yeah. world is just like something that we made up. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, but it's not really, is it? Because all you've got to do is go outside yeah. and try and like... Like reality exists and hits you. Well, it's in the it face. It will hit you in the face. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, that's All the these thing. young girls, you know, that they can dream, they can support and be kind because I don't know, for whatever reason, they're so kind, you know. But then they will be hit by reality. No, they will and be that's, discriminated. And that's, and that's, and that's, they won't find a job. And they, they and won't even, have childcare. Even in a basic thing, like you can, yes. you can imagine that that table is just like a project of your mind. But if you try and walk through it, you can't. Like, you can't do it. Exactly. Like, like that. Like, none of these people are living in the world in a way that actually bears yeah. any relationship to what they're pretending they believe. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because I'm like, if what you believed is actually true, you wouldn't even be able to get out of bed and like walk across the room without <laughs> standing on the cat. Right. Because Honestly, it's, it's like it's madness. It's madness. It's madness. Jake. And it's, it's like and, and you think you're having a really deep thought because you've just worked out the possibility that's like the philosophical possibility yeah. of solipsism. Yeah. And then you're just like, man, like maybe I've just and it's so infuriating because it's, it's okay. literally like. You only have to think about it so, for a little while to yeah. realize that's not true. So Jane, you know, I read somewhere, I can't really remember where, but I, I, it was very interesting uh, that uh, the people who tend to be more attracted by this ideology, that the people who are more anxious, the ones who, who want to be kind, desperately kind, you know, who hate to, to be, you know, uh, considered a transphobic or bad, you know, or, so they get a lot of anxiety out of that because even if they're intelligent, you know, they can be caught by this uh, madness. There's a lot of social control, right? So um, humans are, I mean, I always kind of joke, and I said this at the, at the LGBA, that I was, when I was younger, I was very interested in how totalitarianism mm. happened. And now I'm like, oh, I kind of get it, right? Yeah. And yeah. It's, mostly, it's mostly to do with social conformity. Yes. That's the biggest yes. mechanism. And it's actually quite, you, you think, how can an entire society get caught up with something so insane? And it's to do with the fact that we are very social animals. And we want to conform. And we, we, it's very difficult to go against yeah. 
you know, this is this is the thing about 1984, right? People think that, oh, it's about Winston being tortured. But what's actually really interesting about it is, like, if you can convince 95% of people that something's true, it's very difficult, yeah. even if that's not true, to get people to go against yes. it. Yeah. Um, and I think part of that's just because we're actually social animals. And I think it's also partly because we know that our senses are fallible. Like... If, if you smelt smoke in here, the first thing you would probably do is go, can you smell smoke to the person next to you? And then you think, oh, okay. And if that, if that person said, no, I can't smell anything, you'd be quite likely to dismiss your perception for a little while until you, until you were like, no, I can definitely smell it. Interesting point. Yeah, it's right. an interesting point. I, I don't think I would do that. But no, <laughs> no, but a lot of, pe a lot yeah, of people, a lot though, of people yeah. would do that. Right. Yeah, but you're right. Yeah. People but some people, exactly. There's a small number of people that won't do that and will go, "What are you talking about? No." Or you know, but they've done a lot of tests on this, right? If you if you get like eleven, you know, if you get ten people in a room mm -hmm. and you one of them's a test subject and then you have nine people and you play them a bell, a number of bells, and you say, "How many bells did you hear?" And they play nine bells. Yeah. Right, but like nine people will say ten. Yeah. They copy themselves. Ninety-five percent yeah. of times, the one person yeah. who's actually being tested will say what the other people say, right. not what they actually yeah. heard. Because social contagion exists, and we defer to other people, and we construct meaning in groups. Yeah. And if everyone, particularly if you're like a good progressive person who thinks they're good and progressive, yeah. and all your good progressive friends are yeah. saying this is the good and progressive thing to think, and the people who don't agree are bad and evil, yes. and you also have all this tribalism, yeah. so you, you like, and then the next thing you know, yeah. you've got most progressive people running around yeah. telling people that humans aren't sexed, yeah. that sex is a social construct, You've got people like Ellie May O'Hagan turning up on the BBC saying, nobody knows what the difference between men and women is, and anyone that says they know the difference is a liar. Is she five years old? <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, but it's more than her life. It's incredible. It's incredible. And you're just like, this is what's crazy about, brainless, brainless. about yeah. social. But Ellie May O'Hagan's not a stupid woman. Like, I, I used to read her stuff at the beginning of her career, and she's not a complete idiot right it, this is the thing that kind of blows my mind is it's like the amount she like, wants to be kind no her entire life would fall apart because she's yeah. owen jones's best friend yeah. like her entire social circle her working life like her life would collapse right yeah, she would yeah. have to she would have to remake her career remake her friends and what's what's very instructive and also scary about that because i've never this has never happened in my lifetime is to see that the power of social conformity is such that a relatively intelligent person will go on national television wow. and say nobody can tell the difference between men and women no one's got any idea why a woman is a woman or a man is a man and anyone that says they have any idea is a liar and like we're all just like, wow, you really just yeah, say said that. that. Yeah, yeah. You really said that. The insane, like the level of like mental, like pretzels yeah. and cognitive dissonance that will, that you can see in people because they, 
they want to confirm. Yeah. They, and, and also, you know, it's the thing they said, you know, it's very difficult to get someone to understand something that their job depends on them not understanding. Yeah. And that's actually how totalitarianism works. It doesn't work because people are convinced about the ideas. It works because you make the social cost yes. of telling the truth so high that most people just go, oh, I, just, well, Whatever. I, don't, know, I don't know what's I, going on. No, yeah. of course, of course, you know. That's a very good point. Thank you for saying this, Jane. But you know what? I think also depends on the indifference. When people are indifferent of the suffering of others, and it's in this specific case, I think it's indifference to what women in prison are going through, mm -hmm. to what no, women who were abused, you know, are going through, who women who are in sports, you know, in the Olympics are going through. No, uh, I mean, there's also there's also the general. They don't care. No, and also there is this patriarchal thing that. Women's job is to make you know, space. It's to make, make space. space. It's to move around males, so right? And is to attend to male people's needs yeah. and to sac and to engage in self-sacrifice. Yes. So, I mean, this is the thing that one of the things that's so frustrating is that they're like, we're challenging gender roles, and I'm they're like, not. You're challenging gender roles by telling women that they need to make sacrifices in order they're to bloody center. reinforcing gender stereotypes. It's like <laughs> not only is your is are you reinforcing gender stereotypes because you're basically saying if a male person does these kinds of yeah. I mean there's a, there's a very good exponent that's a little phrase that says what's the difference between like feminism and conservative things and gender ideology yeah. and it's a very good little summary and it says conservatism women do the dishes feminism anybody can do the dishes gender ideology someone who does the dishes is a woman <laughs> If that person is doing the female thing, then they're female, right? Yeah. And, and the thing that's interesting is they're always accusing us of being conservatives, but I'm like, you're the people who still think yeah. that My behavior dear. and sex are linked. You've just reversed it. So conservatives are just like, female people have to do the woman things, yeah. and you're like, anyone doing the woman thing is a female or is a woman. And it's like, how is this progressive? It how, is not. It's not that's progressive. Not progr that's not progressive. You're telling young kids that if they don't play with the gender-appropriate toys, that they're a different sex. Like, that's insane. It is insane. But you know what? If it was only insane for a small group of people, they want to be insane. They're all adults. Fine. You know? Yeah, but they're making us all insane too. Exactly. The <laughs> problem is that not only they're making other adults insane, but they are also making children insane. Right. And that what drives me mad, that we are letting them doing this to children. So yes. children are really being abused. Yes. Can you please explain what's happening now? Because I don't think our public knows what's going on. So, I mean, there's several different things that are, that are happening. There's the dissemination of of gender identity ideology on the internet um, which is affecting mostly teenagers right um, and that has actually been going on since the beginning of the last decade really and it started on tumblr in like the early 2010s yeah. um, and whatever the kind of the popular explosion of gender identity ideology into mainstream culture 
a lot of that came from from the indoctrination, which is why we have this generation of students, for yeah. example, so, who are protesting. Social media, but also we have the schools. Yeah, there are also there are also there are toolkits in schools, and then there's training, and then there's mermaids, and like all sorts, and various organisations that are going into schools and showing them things like the gender bread. Um, person and telling young children they're confusing them yeah and also there are cases of very young and then you have this whole kind of slightly weird munchausen by proxy type thing where you have parents transing and telling their children you know like yes you can be the other sex telling like three-year-old four-year-old children um it's a lie you can't change you can't your change your sex. sex you can't change your sex and it is a lie to tell young children that they can be the other sex and it's also a lie to make them believe it's a lie and it's also very socially conservative to make them think that because they might be interested in behaviors of the other sex that they need to pretend that they can only do that if they're a boy yeah. when they you know or whatever and but this lie has a cost right because if they start with puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones then you destroy your fertility because yeah. sex is about reproductive function and yeah. sexual function this is the thing and it's very you know it's very core to people when they're adults right and this is one of the things i think that's also the TRAs have a tendency to always be like mm, the the you know the gender critical people have this like obsessive kind TRA of are the trans the trans activists okay. right have a have a way it was interesting I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about what we'd been talking about at the LGBA and they're always like oh you know they have this disgusting obsession with children's bodies and it's really creepy and we're like no what we're concerned about is that you are sterilizing people especially right? gay people especially gay children because gay children are much more likely to be gender non-conforming so we have good statistical reasons to believe that a disproportionate number of gender non-conforming people will be gay and you are putting a them and yeah. lesbian yeah and you are putting them on a pathway puberty blockers then cross-sex hormones then srs which will disrupt their disrupt and or destroy their fertility and have very serious impacts on their sexual function is it tragic right i mean and, and, i mean jazz jennings for example is an interesting case of this right yeah. jazz jennings is not well now that's quite obvious yeah right and and he she keeps making these posts because he's put on like a huge amount of weight over the last two years and which is not surprising because because the surgeries that he, he he was promised as a very small child that he would become a girl and it would be perfect but actually because of the nature of the processes the surgeries that you do on um, male to female kids who have been put on puberty blockers very early are quite complicated yeah. because they don't have enough genital tissue yeah. to make to do and so you now have this like 19 year old who's been sold this story that they're going to be turned into a perfect girl and it isn't true it has you know they're now going to be realizing that they're sterile that that they're the thing they've been sold is a lie that their sexual function 
does not work properly. And that is not something that a three-year-old or an 11-year-old can consent to. Children, they can't <clears throat> consent. They can't consent in general to these types of things because they're irreversible. And I don't think children, we don't let people have tattoos, yeah. right? Because we understand that people- You might below, change your mind when you, you might grow change up. your mind. <laughs> And you need to have a certain yeah. amount of okay. ability to, to understand the relationship to the future, yeah. to consent to something that is irreversible, yeah. even if it's something relatively minor, like having permanent ink put on your skin. But we somehow think that you can consent to sterilizing yourself when you don't, when you're not even old enough yeah. to understand what fertility might mean to you when you're an adult. This is terrible. I'm somebody who um, never wanted to have children, right? And I, w I knew that quite young. I didn't want to have children. I didn't do anything to remove my fertility because I was... I've never had a tattoo because I'm very, very anxious about doing irreversible things, right? Um, but... That doesn't mean I don't understand that fertility is very, you know. It's a huge I thought, thing. I thought we yeah. had established that sterilizing people is a human rights abuse. Exactly. Yeah. But apparently, now we're saying there's a problem, you're sterilizing gay kids. Yeah. And then they're like, ooh, they're all so uptight and like, you know, and it's like, no, you're sterilizing people. This idea this is, this is, is very a human dangerous. rights abuse. That's the end yeah. of it. Yeah, right. it's, it's children's abuse. Right, yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I agree with you 100%. You're not allowed to sterilise people, right? Yeah. When people are adults, they be. are allowed to it make a decision legal. that yeah. they want to do that. But you, not children and not against people's will, that's a human rights abuse. I agree. Done. 100%. But Jane, let's go back to the to history. <laughs> yeah, to history and the theory. Because, you know, sometimes I find people online who, let, who tell me that I should read. Uh, educate the, yourself. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but educate how? Because I'm educating myself very much. They want me to read Judith Butler. Want me to read Judith Butler. Yeah, so that, and I, I read oh. actually a few of her articles, but she sounds so confused that I, I, I'm not confused at all. <laughs> I don't want to be confused. <laughs> I don't think she's uh, quite in her mind it's a kind of it's very interesting when they tell you that because it's like it's like a holy book she's like a because i mean we've talked about this a lot it kind of has a religious it's kind of like a religion right yeah. and judith Butler is like the priest and priestess and so what um, she says and gender and gender trouble mm. is like the holy mm. book yeah. they don't read it they don't understand it they I'm don't sure. know, they yeah. don't know what it means did she understand what she was writing i don't know i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not even sure if she even understands what she was writing i mean the the the, the i mean judith, judith butler is famous for a number of ideas but the idea that is relevant in relationship mm. to gender identity ideology is actually that one of the claims is that is that sex is constructed. Yeah. That's one of the major claims in, in gender trouble. So um, she doesn't believe in science, in biology. So biological sex doesn't exist for her. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, and if you really press these people, they won't, they will say, no, you know, biological sex does exist. But what they will try and say is that, is that, you know, the way we make the distinction is constructed so yes there is some material thing there mm. but the way we form the concepts is like social convention and she invented this 
queer theory is correct? Right. Well, she's no queer theory originally comes from Michel Foucault. So, okay. so Michel Foucault was wrote a book called The History of Sexuality, which is actually where this this idea starts. And that was actually much more to do with sexuality and less to do with sex. But he does make a claim about sex. And then Judith Butler takes that claim and then effectively, I mean, it's hard to summarise because it's such nonsense. It's, sure. it's, it's hard to give like snappy summaries of things that are gibberish. So what but the basic claim is yeah. heteronormativity creates, makes us think there are two sexes. So it's so, a social construct. Sex, she will produce a complicated argument in which she says, oh no, there's obviously material bodies and blah, 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 blah. But the fact that we think there are two sexes, men and women, that's being produced by heteronormativity. Okay. And I'm always like, why would we have invented heteronormativity if there wasn't men and women? Mm -hmm. Like, how would we have an idea that there are men and women and they should have sex with each other if we didn't understand there were men and women to begin with? So what would you tell her if you could talk to her right now? I would ask her why somebody invented the concept of heteronormativity. Firstly, if there wasn't two sexes. And secondly, why? Why would you? I mean, this is the thing with queer theory in general, is that queer theory has a has the kind of basic idea is that we have social norms and the social norms are entirely constructed and they just exist to exert power over people. Over women, actually, not over people. <laughs> well, 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 th this is the thing. In, in, in Foucault's case, he's not interested in women, right? He's, of course. He's a gay man. He's not interested yeah. in women yeah. at all. Yeah. What he's interested in is norms around sexuality, right? Yeah. But that's exactly the point. What he forgets is that there's actually hierarchical structures, right? So the norms that are being imposed around sex are mostly being imposed for in order to uh, to control women's in order sexuality to control women's, women's, women's sexuality and women's bodies because men need women's bodies as a resource exactly. that's what's going on right there's no materialist analysis if you say to judith butler why does heterosexuality why does home why does heteronormativity exist she can't give you an explanation it's like in order to control people well to what end Like why what and, and and if you if you talk to a trans activist about why gender exists, what gender is and why it exists, they can't tell you. I, I, I remember Oh gosh. I remember arguing with some little trans activists outside a feminist meeting once and sometimes they turn up bless them, they turn up and they're all just like and I try and talk to them when they come, right? And we were standing on the pavement outside And, they, and we were talking about men and women and intersectionality and stuff. And I said, but the problem is your model cannot explain. You've got this, like, you know, fat privilege and, you know, this privilege and left-handed privilege and ableism and all of this stuff. You can't explain why any of these things exist. You can't explain why patriarchy exists. And they're like, can you? And we're like, yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> like, you want us to give up our model about the material exploitation and control of women's bodies for sexual and reproductive reasons and replace it yeah. with this other model this fantasy that yeah. doesn't explain anything that basically says mm. patriarchy is a system where humans mistakenly decided there was two sexes 
for some reason that no one knows that no one knows <laughs> no one knows why we are women no one, one knows <laughs> why there's women and men but the mistake that we made was thinking that there was two sexes and then if we just think that there's not women and men oh, anymore there won't be we won't we won't know who to oppress and women won't be oppressed anymore because no one will be able to tell who women are Jane that's why we need more feminism it's like <laughs> it's completely insane it's bonkers honestly. it's completely bonkers yeah. it's like It's like I said, it's like going, oh, well, if you pretend gazelles don't exist, lions won't yeah. eat them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. I don't believe you. This doesn't make any sense. It's really unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. And you keep asking them these questions and they can't answer. I mean, and this is what's kind of interesting now that we have the end of kind of no debate, right? Yeah. Is that... Yeah, know, because people, this people strategy... Like, people, sorry, if I interrupt yeah, you, yeah, but yeah. I would like to point out that this strategy of these activists for uh, more than 10 years. Has was, been no debate. Yes, has yes. been no debates. Yeah. So they were just lobbying, lobbying very hard. Behind the, the scenes, mostly. Yeah, exactly. In order to have the laws twisted and changed exactly. in their favor. Exactly. In order to literally erode uh, women's rights. Yes. Yeah, so men could go into So basically, but I've, I've called this the process, the political erasure of sex. Yeah. The, basically, what they have tried to do is everywhere something is organized by sex, they've tried to replace it with gender identity. Yes. So prison policy used to be organized by sex. Now we change it to gender identity. Perfect. Like refugees used to be organized by sex. Now we change it to gender identity. Same with sport. Yeah. Same with women's prizes. Everything that was organized by sex will now be organized by gender identity. With no debate. Like with no happened. debate and, yeah. no, and no consultation and no equality assessment, and no asking women if they're okay with it. And then over the course of that time, obviously, we were like, excuse me, we've got some yeah. questions. And then they were like, shut up, transphobe, they're yeah. evil bigots, like, yeah. and then tried to get us fired. And also, they were using gay rights in order yes. to get sympathy yes. from politicians. Yes. That's, that's, and that's... And that's even worse, because actually all their theory, their crazy ideology, is against... Is against gay rights. Gay yeah. rights. Yes. Can you please explain this concept? Because again, I don't think uh, people... Like, are why it's against gay rights, or the, yeah. or the force teaming. Yeah, there's, there's, why? There's two, there's, there's two things. So the force teaming was what we call the T forcibly attached itself to the LGB. That was strategized, again, at the ICTLEP. They organized yeah. to do this. Um, because they knew that they could sneak in yeah. and then just tell progressive people it's yeah. gay rights 2.0 yeah. it's, like, it's the same thing it's a very good strategy yeah. um, the reason why it is actually against gay rights is because gay people are same-sex attracted right so homosexuality requires sex bodies if there are not sex bodies homosexuality is not a thing right mm -hmm. If you, if you redefine women, say, as a gender identity category, then you have male people with male bodies who are in the class of women. Yeah. And then you are telling lesbians, female people who are attracted to women, that, they, that, that male bodied people are in their dating pool. Yes. And what they have been doing is saying that 
female people, and this is true in reverse, but it's obviously it's much bigger issue because the social pressure from men towards of women course. is much it's bigger, for yeah. obviously, for obvious reasons. Some people are always like, we don't understand why they're not talking about trans men. And we're like, because males pressuring women into sex isn't the same thing as females pressuring men. Yeah, they don't sex. pose any threat <laughs> to men. Like, come on. Because, come on now. <laughs> I can't imagine why it's one obvious. of these is a much yeah. bigger issue yeah. than the other. No, but right? now they're heterosexual men. They are identifying as lesbians. They're a heterosexual, and they're they're a heterosexual, there are heterosexual men identifying as lesbians and... We have anecdotal evidence that there is sexual assault going on and there is certainly a large amount of sexual coercion. And there is also, I mean, the coercive technique that the trans rights movement has used all the way through this is, call, is, causing, is calling anyone that doesn't consent to what they're doing a bigot. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah. So, or transphobe. Or a transphobe yeah. or Nazi yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. So I've been, called, I've been called all of these things. Of like, course, we're basically. not anything. Else. Like I'm a Nazi. Yeah. I'm a Nazi. <laughs> Look at me. I look like a Nazi, right? They're like, oh, she's a trad wife. I'm like, I'm a trad wife. I'm a Nazi. I'm a talk. I'm a, actually, I'm a... We better laugh at this. I'm a, like, I'm a left-wing radical feminist. But like, okay. <laughs> Uh, whatever whatever um, but obviously you can you know that's a coercive tool right and and what has been happening to lesbians is that lesbians are being coerced having their sexual boundaries coerced by being told that if they do not accept male-bodied people into their dating right. pools that that is bigotry and transphobia the BBC finally wrote about it they finally wrote about it yeah. and they've been sitting on that story for a very long time and a number of women have given testimony but this is this has been going on the lesbian I mean the lesbian community have been at the front line of this I mean we can say you know I've been aware of, I've been involved in this for like eight years right but the, le the lesbian community have been dealing with this for decades yeah. because there is a certain portion of um, sorry trans women trans trans identified males who want to be perceived as lesbians and quite a lot of trans identified males are um, are heterosexual yeah. Right. So when they transition, yeah, they are les they yeah. identify as lesbians, and they particularly want to be sexually accepted. By to come back to of this course. point about yeah. identity, your identity needs to be recognised. If your identity is not recognised, it doesn't feel real. What's the most? What's what could be the most validating thing that you could yeah. experience is to be sexually accepted by a lesbian as a female. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of reason, you can see how that dynamic would play out. It is not inconceivable in this kind of culture to think that males would sexually pressure females. Yeah. Like none of this, firstly, yeah. I, you know, we hear this testimony a lot. Secondly, nothing in it seems implausible to me. Um, and the thing that was kind of incredible the BBC sat on that story for a long time. The BBC is becoming uncaptured. So before the BBC was actually captured by Stonewall, correct? Yeah, the BBC was captured by Stonewall. Most of our institutions have been captured by trans ideology in general and specifically by Stonewall through their diversity champions and workplace equality index schemes. Because which... they wanted to show that they were good. Right, because, st because, because, because... Yeah. Stonewall has a very, very large amount of cultural capital because of the very, very important and excellent work they did 
for gay rights, right? Up until from, from the late 80s, when they set up in opposition to Clause 28, to the middle of the last decade, you know, and, and there, are, there, are, you know, there are lots of gay and lesbian people I will know who, who never liked Stonewall because they were very kind of mainstream and not particularly radical and had a particularly kind of, you know, they were always kind of backstage power brokery yeah. kind of. But, but, you know, in the public's mind, you know, not without reason, Stonewall have a, have a, have a large amount of social capital and cachet yeah. for the work they did. But right? now it's different. In 2015, they became a trans rights organisation. Um, largely, I would say, and this is one of the things about the transition from the gay rights movement to the trans rights movement, because, because the gay rights movement has more or less been completely colonised by the yeah. trans rights movement now. And the reason why is that in most Western countries, the legislative slate of the gay rights movement is complete. Marriage equality was the end. Yes. Right. In terms they of they did the, their job. They did their job. Yeah. Right. Now that doesn't mean that there is not still work to be done in the way that there is still for feminism in terms of social attitudes and stuff. Right. But in terms of formal legislative yeah. things that need to be achieved, they they did their job. Yeah. Right. Um. So they were kind of redundant. In 2015, Stonewall had kind of you know, and actually, what organisations should do in those circumstances is either you know, be like, oh, we'll focus on international things or whatever, or actually they should pack themselves up. But yeah, institutions but have their own survival. Mechanism. They have a lot of money. Just they then. have a lot of money yeah. and a lot of reputation and a big building and a lot of staff. It's and, shocking to me that they're still a charity. Well, given what they have now done, because they have, and, and, and I don't think they will be, I think Stonewall will fall, actually, because I have some, I have some trust in the British public's, um, belief in like you know what in what in England we would call fair play and doing things correctly and they have been going around I don't know if you've ever looked at the diversity champions list have you ever actually gone to their website and no, looked I don't have time to waste honestly. no 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 but it's really worth looking at it right oh, yeah. because I mean some people have left now it's basically every major civic institution in this country so, you know, you look at it, all the government departments, all the universities. So they infiltrated all the institutions of the judiciary. All these institutions. MI5, MI6, the army, the MOD, like... Incredible. The police. But they were advising them against the law, correct? They were telling them that the law said that single-sex spaces were illegal, basically. But this is a lie. Yes, it is a lie. Yeah. So they were telling them what they wanted the law to be. So we call this Stonewall Law, right? Yeah, sure. So again, the, equal the Equality no Act. No reality, lie. Yeah, the Equality Act very clearly makes provision for women to have single-sex spaces. Sure. Now there is a bit in it that says, you know, proportionate to a legitimate aim, mm -hmm. and we've never actually had any. Uh, we don't have any case law that clearly fills out exactly what proportionate to legitimate aim is yeah but it's clear if you look at the notes that they mean things like you can have a woman only rape crisis center yeah. right you can if you're doing something where there's a reason to think that women are going to be vulnerable or going to have particular needs that are only going to be able to be met with female people only you are allowed to have female only space stonewall have been going around because 
gender reassignment is a protected characteristic. Firstly, they've told they've gone around and told all of our institutions that the protected characteristic is gender identity, not mm. gender reassignment. And then secondly, they've told everyone that because it's a protected characteristic, you can't discriminate against people on the basis of gender identity. And then they've said that means you can't have any single spec services because that would be discriminating against people on the basis of gender identity. And under this Basically, self-ID yeah. has happened across large parts of our yes. public this institutions. This is what they really want, self-ID. They want yeah. self-ID. So, so what is self-ID for the people who don't know what it is? So self-ID is the belief that um, somebody should be able to declare that they are a man or a woman or whatever else, non-binary or gender fluid or whatever. Unicorns, flowers. Flowers. <laughs> there is actually one bloom self. Yeah, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. and they have like everything a will happen. Million flags, yeah. and there's like a million genders. But basically, man, woman, non-binary are the three main ones. And you, you, um, there's, there's, there, there should be no like what they call gatekeeping, which is insane because there's there's so no doctors assessing them. No, 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 no doctors. No, just but, their feelings. Yes, and it's like you know it's this kind of wanting to have your cake and eat it thing yeah right yeah. like if you want a socially recognized identity then you need to go through a social process whereby the rest of society decides what that identity thinks it's, it's not, but like, this is democracy they don't want democracy you can't just declare this it's is like, an authoritarian it's like, it's movement like, it's like it's like saying you can just declare yourself a citizen of whatever country yeah, yeah. or you can just declare yourself that i could just declare that i'm a doctor of philosophy without going through the correct process and like i say you're gatekeeping phds this is discrimination <laughs> like Jane, it's so dangerous because if you think about it, they will start like that. But how long we will have when an adult male will ask to be identified as child. a child? Right, exactly. Because because that you know, and this is also this is very dangerous. It's very dangerous, and they will say, like they say, oh, nobody would pretend to you know. This is the thing I don't understand. You know, these people say to us, you know, we're feminists. We care about women's rights, and then I'm like. You're creating a lo you know a loophole, you know the size of a planet oh. that you can drive yeah. through, and then they're saying you're just scaremongering. And I'm like, men no. will pretend to be priests. They will do years of training. They will pretend to be gym instructors. They will do all you know medical doctors, like you know yeah. working with yeah. you. Like this idea that males will not do all manner of insane things to get access to children and or of victims course they will. of course like and that there are not large not large numbers but not insubstantial numbers of males in this society that get a kick out of violating women's boundaries yeah. and you're just pretending that we're scaremongering like what do you think is going to happen and then they you you wonder why we end up with like hundreds of videos on the internet of males going into women's toilets and filming themselves yeah. masturbating oh. right because of course disgusting. that is going to happen. Of course. <laughs> of course. And like, yeah. we're not shocked. Yeah. And then you're like, you're scared hungry. No, we're not. I agree with you. There are some perfectly nice trans people. They just want to get on with their lives. That's true. That's not. The point is, you are creating a loophole the size of a planet. Exactly. 
we have to protect women and, and we children. have to protect women and we have to protect children and you're saying that if an adult male identifies as a woman that they can go on a camp with girl guides mm. and sleep with young females and you're like are you completely insane my mum's a child protection specialist right when i first told her about the trans rights movement she was shocked she was utterly shocked and then she said that's a safe i mean this i wasn't even thinking about children at that point i had literally just run into them and was going these people no, are mad. They're, they're, the saying, they're saying mad things yeah and my mum was like that movement will be colonized by paedophiles yes over, like and i'm not yes. saying it was conceptualized yeah. in order to see that it wasn't conceptualized in that way it was conceptualized by but late transitioning males yeah. but if you produce a system that undermines safeguarding it will be a that movement will be colonized by people who have an interest in pushing that agenda yeah. and b every every place oh oh look the brownies are going to let a male go on camp with a bunch of little girls mm, i wonder what kind of male might think that's a great opportunity no it's it's insane it's, it's completely insane, insane. our positions they should think about this because it's it's important especially now because i know that now in the united kingdom they're debating about a new law i know it's happening around the world as well the, the yeah. ban on conversion therapy can you explain what is conversion therapy and uh, why right. it's, this it's, ban it, will be again, dangerous again it's kind of naivety right and it's it's presenting this is a good example of the forced teaming right because the conversion therapy ban is conversion therapy against conversion therapy against homosexuality yeah. and against conversion therapy against gender identity yeah. and they're not the same thing right so conversion therapy is any form of practice which tries to change traditionally tries to change someone's sexuality yeah. so you know people would realize they were gay and then living in a homophobic society they would feel a lot of shame about that and then there would be you know um you know non-reputable practitioners who would promise that they could give them kinds of treatments that would yeah. make them straight right which we know doesn't work of course right and is barbaric of course um so but i mean it's kind of like it's interesting right that they're trying to pass this bill now because yes we still live in a slightly homophobic society but britain is not actually a very homophobic country anymore yeah. stonewall would not have had the power that they had if britain was still a homophobic country in the way that it used to be that's a good point. why do we need to pass a bill to prevent conversion therapy when we are now living in a society where that doesn't happen to anywhere like the degree exactly. it used to yeah. happen and the reason why is because they want to ban um therapy that explores people's gender identity yeah. so they have a hidden agenda because the because the issue really is pushing what is called affirmative healthcare yeah. for um kids and young people with gender identity issues right so affirmative care means that if i'm a child i come to you and i tell you i'm trans i'm wrapped in the wrong body you tell me i say yes you are that's right so if you come and you yeah. if you're female and you come and tell me you're a boy i say yes you are a boy that yeah. is correct yeah. and then 
we have a brief conversation and then we work out how to put you on a pathway to transition you. It's unbelievable. Right? Like, no, this process is very rigorous. It is not very rigorous. We've had whistleblowers from the Tavistock. We've got testimony from yeah. detransition. Look at the women, case of Kira Bell. Like Kira Bell and also uh, Watson, Sinead, right? Who have given very good testimony about how this process is not rigorous, right? Um, you would need to do, and I think, you know, I think Debbie Hayton's talked about this as well, because Debbie Hayton did actually go through a relatively rigorous process. Um, there are, we don't know what gender dysphoria is, right? And firstly, a lot of these kids now don't even have gender dysphoria because they've changed the definition of trans so that it no longer yeah. actually need you no longer require and we know from dysphoria. lisa lishman that there was also onset gender there's dysphoria ra there's rapid onset there's yeah. social contagion there's also gender non-conformity and distress that kids have around gender non-conformity then there is all the very obvious issues that that female young female people yeah, it's have. a very complex uh, it's very complicated this idea issue. that that the females young females just feel comfortable being a woman in I mean, yeah. this is one of the things that actually makes me very angry, right? Because you've got people who are not female, right, telling us that, you know, if we are comfortable with being female, then we're cis. And I'm like, yeah. have you ever met a woman? <laughs> like, and, and I've never met a woman who went through puberty exactly. in this culture yeah. who was not extremely distressed by it yeah. in some way or another. You get objectified. You, you go from being a child who is like thinking they're a human being and the next thing you know, yeah. you're a public piece of meat, you're being shouted at in the street, your body's being judged, you suddenly realise that every time you meet a male they're deciding whether they want to have sex with you or yeah. not and you're like 12 at 13, 14. It's very distressing. You're right, because it's very traumatic for a girl to go through adolescence, right? Right. And so if you then come along and you tell young girls that if they feel distressed or they're uncomfortable with their bodies, that that means that they shouldn't be girls, it's not surprising that you're going to get, you know, there's this very large increase in the history of, of transsexual identification, right? It was predominantly males who yes. would identify. Now that's reversed and the cohort of young people who are currently identifying as trans are disproportionately female. 75% yeah. 75%, right? Which, and no one seems concerned about this. Obviously, feminists are concerned about it. And we're like, there's a very obvious reason for that to happen, yeah. right? It's a women's problem. Right. Being a young female in this culture is distressing anyway. Yeah. And lesbians, yeah. young gender non-conforming women who are more likely to be lesbians, don't have very visible role models, Yes. right? And so it's, and, and they have the, all of the extra stress that young females have, sexual objectification, sexual trauma. There's also autism thrown into the mix. And so you've got yeah, a lot of depression and depression. also eating disorders and eating self-harm and, and, self and eating disorders yeah. and all of these kinds of problems that generally affect young females, right? You know, trans identification in young women looks a lot more analogous to anorexia or eating disorders yes. than it does to homosexuality yes. in me, right? Which is not to say that a lot of them are not young lesbians, they are, but they also don't have, lesbians communities have never been very visible and, and even though we live in a less homophobic society, 
lesbians are much less visible than gay men yes. young lesbians don't have role models a lot of the lesbian community has actually been destroyed over the last 15 20 years by trans activism so they've got nowhere to go right and the the lesbians that i know who are involved in this fight are so desperately worried about young lesbians and what we can do to try and make yeah. space for them and, and protect them right so if you ban exploration psychological exploration with young people particularly with young women around why they are experiencing distress yeah. that leads them to think what you're going to end up doing is transitioning lesbians autistic girls girls with sexual trauma girls with eating disorders and you're going to put them on a pathway in which they are going to have the, their fertility their sexual function and their breasts yeah. removed before their brains have developed well enough for them to be able to understand what is actually happening this and, is and terrible and the government are now because they still haven't worked out that this forced teaming between the lgb and the t is a way of smuggling in things that are not what they appear to be yeah right we're going to potentially end up in the situation where the government is going to pass a law that is going to to promote the sterilization and destruction of the sexual function of young lesbians and also gay men and that's horrifying jane it is horrifying but i still hope that our mps and our prime minister are understanding this point but this is a question for you. What would you tell our Prime Minister right now if you could talk to him? I would tell him that conversion therapy for homosexuals and conversion therapy for gender identity are not the same thing. That conversion therapy for gender identity is absolute not conversion therapy, therapy, talking therapy, exploratory therapy for um gender non-conforming and gender confused young people is absolutely crucial in order to establish that transition is the right thing for them to do and that if you do not allow a very rigorous and thorough process of exploration to find out whether that person actually meaningfully is trans whatever we think that might mean that you are going to produce a situation in which you are putting sexually traumatized young people autistic young people and homosexual young people on a pathway which will lead to them being sterilized and having their sexual function destroyed and when this is all over it's going to be the greatest medical scandal in human history and we need to make sure that that doesn't happen yes i agree with you so you're asking our don't, Prime Minister don't, don't pass the conversion therapy and pass don't the, abandon pass, children pass, pass the, the homosexuality part of the conversion therapy bill but the gender identity part of the conversion don't therapy that. bill is not what it looks like yes. and it will lead to horrifying consequences yes. and it's actually very important in general to start understanding that the the issues around trans rights are not the same as the issues around gay rights. They are the opposite. Oh my They're God. They're actually the opposite. They're actually the opposite. And that the people uh. who are opposing the trans rights movement, a large number of us are 
lesbian or gay or bisexual, right? Yeah. Because we're the people who are quite close to the ground. Yeah. And we, and know, you understand. we understand what's going on. Yes. And if a whole load of lesbian, gay and bisexual people yeah. are telling you this is not the same thing as gay rights, yeah. you should listen. Thank you, Jane. Thank, Thank you, you for your me. message. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Thank you for coming here. I it's hope been a pleasure. We will have you eventually in one year's time so we can we'll, discuss. We'll, we'll see how things are going. Yes. Yeah. And uh, let's hope for the best. Okay. Yes. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for being here with us today. I hope you loved our guests as much as I love her. And I hope you are now understanding much more what is at stake and you will do your best to help other people understanding why we need more feminism and why this ideology is actually dangerous for our children and women. So stay tuned. We will have amazing guests in the next weeks. And don't forget to share on all your social media. Bye.